Folks, hello and welcome to the Dancers Podcast, where we are breaking down Steve Harvey's Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. I am your host, Dan Donahue. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say I have stand-up comedy dates in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Hollywood, California, in beautiful Los Angeles, and Utah, Salt Lake City, and we're going to add dates in Las Vegas and another date in Ohio. I'm not sure which one. I just love Ohio. Okay, is that against the law to love Ohio? Some people are trying to legislate it. I don't agree with them. I go right into a Tucker Carlson voice whenever I talk about anything that could be vaguely political, which that's not a good habit. But he is, I mean, you have to admit the cadence is mesmerizing. Um, so we're getting into Steve Harvey's Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, and uh, we're getting on to a chapter, chapter 13, I think one of the most fickle chapters of the book, which is uh, Strong, Independent, and Lonely Women. That's the title of the chapter. And Steve Harvey makes the case, and he wishes and he washes, but what he really does in this chapter is he makes the case that women's independence or striving for independence belittles the male's role in a relationship. He says that in this quote, um, the strength it takes to handle it is not in a man's mind where a woman's power lies. To us, your power comes from one simple thing. You're a woman, and we men will do anything humanly possible to impress you so that ultimately we can be with you. So you need to allow yourself to be impressed by a man. You need to let us dance for you. You need to let us boogie-woogie in front of you, okay? Because if you don't let us do that, if you don't let us do our little backflips, our little cartwheels, then we don't find you, I guess, necessary is the idea. This is where I need to say a disclaimer. If you are someone who are into traditional gender roles in a relationship, if you are a man and you go, I want a quote-unquote traditional role in this relationship where I am the provider, I am the protector, I bring home the bacon, my wife stays home and does wifely duties, if that is what you want and you find a woman who also wants that, You find a woman who goes, I want a husband who will provide for me, and in turn I will, you know, service the house and have kids for him and, you know, cook and clean, all all that sort of stuff. If you are two consenting partners in that deal and you find each other, excellent. Excellent. I Not only do I not have a problem with that, I am glad you found one another, truly. And there are qualities that I have where, you know, that fit into that traditional gender role as well. There are times where I like to feel as though I'm providing for my partner. There are many times where I like to feel as though I am the protective one, right? Even though I, I don't really have a solid ability to use my hands in combat and I can't own a firearm due to my fear of using it on myself, But that doesn't mean I can't enjoy a traditional gender role from time to time, right? I'm saying that as though it's a snack, which is pretty silly. My issue, and I have an issue with this, and this is something I have a problem with. 
there's a lot of guys on the internet that are pushing for traditional relationships. And by traditional relationships, they mean a relationship where the woman does not work and does not do anything but have the kids and provide for the family in terms of like cooking and cleaning. And then the man goes out and makes all of the money. The issue I have with that is the men who are generally advocating for that sort of relationship do not have the ability to service their end of that role. If you're a guy and you're making enough money to run a household and keep the lights on and all that stuff and keep your wife comfortable and keep your kids comfortable and you want your wife to not work and you find a woman who doesn't want to work, great, that's fine. But the people online who are going, we need to bring back traditional relationships, don't have the money to support a traditional relationship. What they are saying is they want a woman who has money somehow that they can fuck while she's wearing like a bonnet or something or like an old school, uh, like a, a sort of 1950s style dress. That's what they're picturing in their head, right? They don't actually want a traditional relationship because a traditional relationship would require them to make all of the money in a household, which these days 0.03% of the population can do. What they are saying is they want a woman who I guess like her dad is rich and he died, so she has a bunch of money so she can pay for her half of the household and he gets to fuck her and she looks like Betty Draper. That's what he's saying. When he says, oh, I, 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 I want a traditional relationship. I believe in blah, blah, blah. And I do see a bit of an issue with that because it causes a bit of a schism in people's heads where they, I, and this is, this is how, when you hear someone say something like, I, I don't think women's, I, I don't believe in feminism because I think it took away from women's roles, which is to be the, cooker and the cleaner and to have the kids when when you hear people make that sort of argument uh which i think is you know outdated who care who cares what i think about it i'm just talking about the reality of the argument my opinion doesn't even matter in this sense because i'm going to tell you another way to another way to engage in that statement if someone says something like that uh a lot of times people will just sort of get frazzled and angry and go like, well, you're, you're, it, they know, like people who say that sort of thing want that response. But instead, what you can do is go, okay, do you have the money to support a woman to have your kids to live in a house and, and to do all of the things that you're saying? So she's not going to have a job. So you need to pay for essentially, if you want a wife and a kid, Two other people's lives completely fully as well as your own and not just provide for like a normal life. You're saying a tradition. So you, you you're talking about house in the suburbs, right? You're going to need a car for that. You're in this fantasy. You're not struggling and you're not on government assistance. That's a lot of money. And I would propose that maybe. Maybe generously 2% of the people who make the argument of like feminism is ruining the traditional relationship 
2% of those people can actually afford a traditional relationship. The rest of you, guess what? You need an independent woman in your life. Like it or not, you need a woman who's independent. You want to know why? Because you can't afford to date someone who is not independent if you want the traditional life that you're looking for. It's crazy to me. <laughs> you have a guy who has roommates on his computer going, I believe in a traditional relationship. It's like, no, you don't. You can't afford a traditional relationship, dude. You can't provide for a household. You need to date a woman who's more independent than you because she's going to need to give you a little bit of money. It's, it's nuts to me. Steve Harvey, st here's the thing. Steve Harvey can afford a traditional quote-unquote relationship. He can afford three of them. That's why he's had three of them. Okay? <laughs> and you know what? Not to, not to backtrack or whatever, there's plenty, plenty of women that would be absolutely happy to engage with you in a traditional relationship. And there's a lot of guys who have the stance that traditional relationships are great. And they're very bitter because they're not having sex with women or they're not finding the kind of women that they're looking for. And they think that's because like society and feminism has ruined their chance in the dating market. And it's like, here's another proposition. Maybe it's because you are living in a fantasy world where you are the provider of a household when you make $45,000 a year in today's economy. So, I don't know, man. And if you are a guy and you've got the dream job, you know why you don't hear those guys complaining as much? You don't hear the, the super rich guy because they can afford the, the traditional relationship that they want. Personally, I, I, like, uh, I like dating women who have career ambitions because I also have career ambitions. And I, to me personally, it makes me feel like I can understand them and they understand me a little bit more. Right. Because when I have to do something like take a flight to uh, Tucson last minute, a lot of the times that's kind of confusing to someone who's not like hyper ambitious and they'll go, why are you doing that? And I've had that happen in relationships. And that's not to say that the women who were upset with me weren't ambitious. I'm kind of a crazy person, right? But I find that it does help when somebody has similar goals to me. Obviously, it doesn't mean that they have to be a stand-up comic or anything like that. But it is helpful in terms of them understanding like, oh, right, this is this is a goal of yours. This is a requirement for you to fill that goal. Sure. But if you're if you're not like that, if you're like, I would like the woman to stay at home and I want to go, you, you can find that kind of person if you're making the kind of money to sustain that lifestyle. Now, here's where we get into the fun part. If you want to get bitter at something. If you want to become bitter, if you're a guy and you're like, oh, I wish traditional relationships were more common, instead of, like, maybe, instead of getting bitter at women, get bitter at the state of the economic system that we live in, where wealth disparity has grown, where wages have not met inflation, 
and where it's harder and harder to exist in the traditional world that you fantasize about, right? Do you want to know why more people in 1950 had a house and a couple kids and a wife and they were able to make the money and the wife was able to stay home? Want to know why that was easier? It wasn't because... Oh, because feminism didn't put its claws into... Women had to go out and work, right? I I think it's good that, obviously, that women found themselves in the workforce more because it gave them more independence and they could make better decisions about who to spend their life with because of that. But if you're going to be mad at someone, if you're going to sit around and be bitter all day, don't be bitter at feminism. Be bitter at the state of an unregulated economic system that has caused wealth to pool at the top and has not met the in like the distribution when it comes to giving people money so, to sustain throughout inflation that's what you should be mad at because that that's one of the primary reasons why you're not living that fantasy that you dream of right it's, it's it, and if if that is a fantasy, if there's a goal for you, you can still live it. You just gotta like make a make a bunch of money. And also, if you make a bunch of money, I think you'll find you'll find more women who want to do that. Like, I I don't I, I, again. I don't think that something like this a pre prescriptive thing to tell women don't be so independent because you need to allow men to provide for you. It's like nut up and provide anyway there's always stuff people need there's always things people could want right i don't go out there i'm not seeing a ton in the, in the dating pool when when you're on dating apps and stuff you're not finding a ton of women billionaires right not a ton of women millionaires it's just not it's not in the dating. i think steve harvey might be talking about his dating pool which god bless him is a different one than mine if you're a guy and you're obsessed with providing, it's like, then nut up. Make more money if that's what you want. Personally, again, I like providing, but in sort of a different way. I like to take my girlfriend to to a, a Korean spa from time to time. That's my way of, of providing, of giving her a little something nice, right? That's my way of providing. And it doesn't require me to go... Hey, uh, baby, could you not go to work on Monday? You're really cramping my style with all this cash you're making. <laughs> it's just, that seems like such a, oddly, because this book seems to really push for traditional gender roles, it seems like such a neutered case to make. To be like, um, women, can you stop making so much money because you're making me feel really insecure about it? And I don't really like that. It's like, if you're feeling that way, you have two options. Number one, deal with that insecurity and don't be insecure. Or number two, nut up and make more money. Both of those are available to you. I mean, I would say option two is getting harder and harder, but you could find a way. Look at all these, look at all the people three years ago who made millions and millions of dollars selling cryptocurrency. And now a lot of them work at a Starbucks. All right. Life takes ups and downs. Okay. So I'm sorry to have taken that much time on that one little statement, but it does encapsulate uh, most of this. Um, Steve makes a point here. 
Of course, I have heard women say, I'm not going to belittle myself to make him feel more like a man. If he can't handle my money and my success and my independence, then he can't handle me. We understand you can handle strong women. Uh, in fact, we're the pr products of strong women. Women who quote-unquote handle it. It's not a secret that you allow us men to believe we're the heads of the household, but it's you who make all the key decisions in the house and with the kids. This, this is, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm so uh, annoyed at this chapter because it usually is a lot of fun to read this book. And, and I am actually having fun because it is interesting, but there there is this sort of thing where it's like, now, now my wife, I know she runs that, and that could very well be true. But then why are you writing this chapter? Like the, the framing that you're making it is like men are these impotent creatures where, you know, women really pull the strings. But we also, on top of you actually running the household, we need you to make us feel like we run the household. I, I just I, it, I, it just it bores me if I'm being honest with you. It bores me. Steve makes a personal story here. When I was a young man, I was in a relationship with a woman who I thought I loved. I had dropped out of college and was in between jobs. I started, I was just starting to find my way as a comedian. She was an enormous help to me. I was struggling and she was holding it down for us financially. I admit, but I thought I was more than making up for it, for my lack of cash by being all I could be around the house. I love the idea of, of like Steve... Steve being a house husband, he would be great in that role. That's not to diminish the role of a guy who stays home and cleans. I just think Steve in particular would kill it. You know what I mean? Like Steve crazy, because Steve is the best. Steve Harvey, of course, is, is at his best when he is flustered and frustrated. And Steve not being able to start a vacuum cleaner would just be... Oh, the amount of times he would say, I, I can't stand this foolishness. It would just be awesome. I would really, I wish I could see that. Um, See, that's what being in a real relationship is all about, finding the balance. You're not saying that in the chapter, though. You're not saying anything about finding the balance, even in the midst of adversity. And adversity will come. Those wedding vows uh, they make you say, the preacher makes you say them because he and everyone else who's ever been married knows what's coming, for better or worse. Worse is coming, and sickness in his health. In health. Someone's going to get sick, for richer or poorer. Somebody might end up broke, temporarily laid off. Hard times will certainly come. The question is, how are you going to deal with it? So that chapter uh, meant nothing. That chapter did nothing except let you know that Steve is actually okay with a woman financially providing for him, and then he will take up household duties, which is, that's just an equal gender roles there. That's, that's, that seems to be equality that you're, that you're pushing for here. Um, so he then tells a story about a, a buddy of his, where I, I hope this is still Steve. Uh, Steve was dating a woman and, uh, or Steve's friend was dating a woman and they go to the grocery store. This woman is the breadwinner of the household. And, uh, the guy grabs a bottle of pineapple juice and puts it in the cart. Uh, he didn't think anything of it. 
just grabbed a bottle and dropped it into the cart. She had her back turned when he did it. But when she turned around and saw the pineapple juice in there on the pile of groceries, she snatched out and said, what is this? Pineapple juice, he said simply. And who put pineapple juice in the basket, she said. Well, I did, he said, a little confused. Who else in the world would have put a bottle of pineapple juice in this car? You, she practically spit. You don't have money. And then she did the unthinkable. She took that bottle of pineapple juice and purposefully dropped it on the floor. It hit tile with the loudest crash and broke into what looked like a million pieces of shiny glass and yellow liquid. This is what... This is what Steve thinks is an independent woman. (laughs) Steve thinks an independent woman is a woman who is clearly going through some sort of a mental health crisis and is telling her partner that he has no money and then breaking a glass of pineapple juice in front of him. I mean, that is really... I, I hope this did happen again. This could be one of the many sort of uh, uh, most likely fake stories in this book, but I, I hope that one's true. Listen, let me tell you an actual personal story. I was dating a woman who was older than me. She had more money than me, and uh, it was her birthday. Birthdays is when you don't have as much money as... If you're dating someone and you don't have as much money as the person you're dating birthdays are tough. I don't know if you've ever gone through that. If you can get through the birthday in that situation, it's awesome. I was dating a woman who had way more money than me. I was really broke at the time, and it was her birthday, and she was like, how about we go to Nobu? And that frightened me because when she said, let's go to Nobu, that meant Let's have you pay for Nobu because obviously I'm not going to let my girlfriend pay for her own dinner on her birthday. So she goes, how about Nobu? I'm like, uh, in the back of my head, I'm like, how about like a nice burger? Hmm? What about a, how about a night? Did we forget about a nice burger? What the world's got so tough. You have to like justify it and like make, you know, honey, baby, sweetie pie. The world's gone so topsy-turvy, so crazy kooky. Whatever happened to having a nice burger and sitting down in a park? Now, wouldn't you rather do that on your birthday than go somewhere really nice and have some food that's really good? Hmm? (laughs) And you just, I just saw the light drain out of her eyes. I understand the difficulties of dating someone with a, different amount of money than you right whether it be more or less it can be a little challenging it'd be a little tough in my mind if you really love that person like then you'll probably be more willing to pull a bigger portion of the weight in terms of paying for stuff you know if you have more money than them and if you don't you won't so like kind of easy peasy there but this whole idea that like you kind of need to try the idea of being a lady of like fitting into a gender i i think like from time to time i i do understand when like women go you know sometimes i just want i just want the guy to open the door that's not what i'm talking about though 
open a door for a woman, right? Pay for dinner for a woman. Absolutely. And but don't like push the issue. If if you want if you're like, hey, I want to pay for dinner and the woman's like, nah, I'll let me please let me pay for half. You could maybe be like, I'd really like to. But that's it. Don't push. Don't push this on somebody. Because if somebody has a hang up about not wanting you to provide for them, maybe they had a bad experience with that before. Maybe someone quote unquote wanted to provide for them, but then and this happens, but then they use that as this way of kind of like having leverage over them, right? Of having oh well I did all this stuff for you, so you have to put on the Yoshi costume. And sometimes we like putting on the Yoshi costume, right? We like putting on the Yoshi costume. And then our partner puts on the Godzilla costume. And you know what goes down after that. A little bit of lizard on lizard. You know what I'm saying? You ever had a little bit of lizard on lizard? Forked tongues twisting all together. All right? Listen, I've been in a relationship before. Okay? But uh, you don't need to, like, you don't need to stifle yourself so someone else can feel big. If you need to do that, you got to find someone bigger. That's how I feel. That's just how I feel. Um, So this is uh, Steve Harvey's, this, this is a funny way to end this particular chapter because we have quite a bit to get through here. Steve gives his opinions on how you should act on a date. Um, so this is how to be a girl on a date. Don't tell him where you'd like to go. Tell him the kind of food and atmosphere you enjoy and then let him figure out a place that he thinks will suit your taste. I like that. And as I'll be honest, as far as like the gender roles that I enjoy, I do like picking the restaurant. But if a woman picks a restaurant, I don't go, but I want to be a man. Uh, don't tell him you'll drive. Let him get you uh, where you need to go. I mean, I don't know about that. Dating's, dating's changed a little bit since Steve's time. If you're meeting someone on like a dating app, maybe it w- it's a good idea to not hop in their car immediately. Is that If you're meeting this person through friends or whatever, that's a little different. But if you're on Tinder, take your own car, right? Take your own car and then tell him you took the subway so he won't know how to find you after the date. Um, Don't tell him you want to go Dutch. Let him pay. That's whatever. Sure. Um, Don't invite him up for a nightcap. Kiss him goodbye. Steve is demanding you kiss him goodbye. And let him figure out what he needs to do to earn the cookie. But not before the 90 days probation has ended. Right? Um, That actually... Reminds me of some. You ever get to the end of a date and you think it went well and you're like, oh boy, kiss is coming. I'm so, th- this kiss, this kiss is written in the stars. And then the the woman just puts so much obvious space between you two and then you go, huh, not, I'm not so charming, am I? <laughs> you're like, man. Ooh, turns out I'm not the most charming man in the entire world. This is, this is, like, like, 
because a woman will let you know when there is there's no kiss. You know what I mean? A woman will let you know. You'll be walking her back to her car and she'll be like on the other side of the street like it was so nice seeing you and you're like yep. Yep. Ah, boy. I need to buy new clothes. <laughs> that won't solve it. But those are the thoughts that go through your head. You're like, "Man, I got to <laughs> I got to start a business or something." <laughs> Dang it. Um, And then Steve goes, how to be a girl around the house. Don't try to fix the sink, the car, the toilet, or anything else. Let him do it. Shut up. Shut up, Steve Harvey. Ugh. The, the, I, like, that shit. I mean, maybe, it, maybe it's because my mom was a bricklayer, but that annoys the hell out of me. Don't fix the sink. My mom taught me how to fix the sink, dude. My mom taught me how to fix a sink. Shut up. Shut the... Don't know how to do anything. Ladies, <laughs> make sure make sure you don't know how to do anything. Why, why stop there? Don't learn how to open a door. Let your man do that. Be completely helpless. Don't take out the garbage, paint, or mow the lawn. That's his job. What are you doing? Don't do any of the heavy lifting. He was born with muscles. It takes to move sofas, television sets, bookshelves, and the like. Don't be afraid to make a meal or two. The kitchen is both your and his friend. Don't wear a t-shirt to bed every night. A little lingerie never hurt anyone. Um, I mean, I think for, for both uh, genders, keeping it sexy is not a bad idea right i think there can be a level of complacency where you can sort of stop seeing each other as sexual objects and it's kind of nice from time to time to be seen as a sexual object isn't it sometimes i i i've dated people where i'm not seen as a sexual object enough and i'm like you're seeing me as too much of a person right now please please a little bit a little bit more like a like a table a table with a with a big strong muscular back that's how i'd like to be seen don't try to fix anything don't take out the garbage and don't lift anything heavy hey again ladies you find a guy that'll put up with you not doing any of these things imagine what you'll have to trade off in exchange <laughs> I mean, hey. and hey if you want that more power to you uh, chapter 14, how to get the ring. You go to Mordor, you know what I'm saying? Hey, come on. No, how to, how to get married. Um, so, hey, you're a lady. The proposal never comes. Uh, and by the way, way your man is acting, it's never going to come. Uh, let's, let's go into how that happens. Huh? If you're a woman and your man isn't proposing in a timely fashion, here's why it happens. Uh, all too many women are in similar predicaments. They can't understand why. After all of this hard work, he won't give her the one thing she needs and wants. The one thing that's all you want. Well, let me break it down for her and you. Your man hasn't asked you to marry him because of one or more of the following reasons. One, 
He is still married to someone else. That's pretty funny. Two, you're really not the one he wants or the real answer you don't want to hear. Three, you haven't required him to marry you or to set a date. In fact, I know of a few guys whose ladies are smack dab in the middle of this predicament right now. One that stands out is a couple that dated for a year before she ended up pregnant. To her credit, the single mom, she has a son from an earlier relationship, uh, knew she didn't want to have a second child with a man who wasn't there to help her raise the kid, so she made it simple for him. I'm going to have this child if you're willing to be a father for real, not this part-time every once in a while when I feel like it kind of dad. And faced with the prospect of losing her and his baby, he stepped up to the plate. He agreed to be there for the child and gave up his apartment and moved in with his girlfriend while they prepared for the birth of their son. Okay, so let's talk about this. Um, It's interesting to say that if you want to be married, you should set a time and a date. Although I would say if you're with a man and he's not proposing to you for a prolonged period of time, there may be a few more reasons. Uh, You know, he could have an intense fear of commitment. Uh, This is something where, like, what Steve Harvey said, which is, like, put down a time and a date. If if marriage is, like, a huge priority for you, which I think it really is for a lot of people, men and women alike, marriage is, like, an important goal for a lot of people. You can you can in this chapter I think take away require him to marry you or set a date. Um you could replace that with have a conversation with your partner, right? It doesn't have to be you grabbing them by the collar and throwing them against a wall and being like it's time to marry me mother. Cuz I do feel like depend also depending on where this is in the relationship. If you've been dating for like I don't know uh, I mean, if, if marriage is something that's serious on your mind, it's like you, you could probably do this relatively early in the relationship. But if, if it's three weeks in and you're like, hey, set a date, it sounds so action movie, right? Set a date. It is time to set a date. I would like the date set now. I think maybe that person could get the impression that they are a means to an end, right? We can objectify people in ways that are more than sexual, okay? That's what people don't seem to understand. You can be objectified in a whole lot of ways. I've been emotionally objectified before, all right? I have been emotion. Someone someone sees me and they go, hey, give me. Ooh, look at those feelings over there. Ooh, give me some give me some of those feelings. Ooh. Ooh, come over here. Come come over here and feel some of the stuff that I've been going through. It happens. People can be objectified whenever you have an objective. And if that objective is marriage, I think a lot of people can see another person and not see a human being. They just see a number of components that they have decided in their head is what they would like to marry, and then they end up marrying that person off of false pretenses because you're not seeing a human being. You are seeing a number of objective qualities, 
if you think human beings are just a summation of objective qualities, I don't agree with you, number one. And number two, it's a pretty weird and I think kind of dangerous way to look at people. I think people are pretty uh, varied and, and we're not just a sum of do they have a good car? Do they have a good house? Do they have a nice job? It's like I think a lot of people will get into marriages based on those pretenses. They'll have kids based on those pretenses. And then things get a little rocky. Because sure, those objective qualities are huge within the first two, three, four years. But you get into the late stages. You get into the marathon miles of a relationship. And you realize, hey, we've done all the houses and cars and all that stuff is all set up. And I'm not happy. And that's when someone comes to visit. Who is it knocking at your door? Oh, hello, Mr. Xanax and Wine. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. <laughs> I, tell me right now, did you picture like a big Xanax pill but in sort of like a smart hat with a briefcase? Because I sure did. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll sum this chapter up by uh, going ahead and saying that it does make sense that uh if you want to get married if marriage is like a huge uh like thing on your checklist that you would want to bring that up very early but hey you know and maybe this is because i'm in i'm an old bubble los angeles but a lot of the women i talk to and stuff they sort of are not like they are career-minded and by the way i don't find them to be less happy than women that are more like trying to get married and have kids and stuff it's just like different ways to live life. I would say I have had a relatively non-traditional life, and I'm not saying things are going perfectly or that I'm balling out money-wise, but I am happy. It feels great to say that, especially in the industry that I'm in, because I, I was at a table with uh, with uh, four other uh, comics, and uh, we, were, we were in Oklahoma, and it was just us in the cafe, and I was asked by a very funny comic that I really like. She was like, uh, are are you depressed? Are you prone to depression? I said, no, and everybody at the table was like, what? Because <laughs> it's, it's such a common thing in stand-up. Uh, I'm, I'm very lucky that, that I'm not really prone to... I mean, I, I've had spells, for sure, but it's nothing that I could really call depression necessarily... Uh, all of the times in my life that I've been extremely sad, there have been, like, external factors that were temporary. Well, sometimes the external. Like, my dad dying, that wasn't temporary. He he did stay. He stayed that way. But there's still time. We don't know. We might be able to reverse it. I am in talk with several medicine men right now, on the line, ready to reincarnate my dad. But I don't think that convention is necessary when it comes to living, like, a happy life. It can be fine. And I think some people will intentionally push away convention just because they don't want to be conventional. I don't think that's a good quality either. I don't think that that leads to happiness either because I think some conventional things— can feel good and they can feel right for you as a person 
and you might want to explore those. And to cut yourself off from them is to, I think, really limit you as a person, right? So, I don't know. I Like, I found, as a guy, I, like, or maybe not even as a guy, as a person. How about that? As a person, I like paying for dinner. I love, first date doesn't matter. Don't like the person I'm on a date with doesn't matter. I will pay for the date. Okay? I don't care. Let me pay for this date. Why? It could be a number of reasons. Maybe I am pressured by whatever, the social norms. Who cares if that's the reason? I'm not immune to social norms, right? So if it makes me feel happy, there's a level to it where I'm just like, well, I'm just going to be happy. I don't care. I don't need to really look into this. I just know paying for dinner makes me feel good. So I'm on a date. I'm going to pay for dinner. Um, So when it comes to marriage, it's like if it is a goal for you, yeah, let them know. Let them know. Let's see a little summation of this. Uh, demand he be a man about it. If he's not in love with you, he's not going to go for any of this, so you know now. But if he loves you, he will profess it, he will provide for you, he will protect you. If he really loves you, the ultimate profession is, this is my wife. You can start with, uh, this is my girl, or this is my baby mother, or even this is my fiancé. But after a couple of years, you need to move beyond the fiancé title. At very least, you deserve clarity because women do not do well without clarity. Women, who does well without clarity? (laughs) Men, we hate clarity. I hate clarity. I love opening a piece of Ikea furniture and I open the direction. It goes, build it. (laughs) I hate clarity. Clarity. Um, because women, uh, do not do well without clarity, uh, the thing you all want to know is where this relationship is going. Do you love me? Am I the one? What do you see for us? Which, that makes sense. I'm with you on that, Steve. Uh, don't be another heartbreak story. Start putting yourself first. Get where you want to be and make your man be all that he can be. Remember this. The number one cause of failure in this country is the fear of failure. Well, he gets really presidential here. Fear paralyzes you from taking action. Don't be afraid to lose him. Because if a man truly loves you, he's not going anywhere. That's true. That's true. Um, These are uh, quick answers. So this is how the book ends. And uh, we've reached the end of our beautiful journey. So, I'm going to talk about some of Steve's answers. Uh, This is questions and answers that Steve has done at the end of the book to sort of tie everything together and let you know how smart he is. What do men find sexy? This is Steve's answer. Men have different aesthetics. So, what might be a turnoff for one man might be a total turn-on for another. Rest assured, though, no matter the flaws you find when you look at yourself in the mirror, somewhere on God's earth... You are really doing it for someone. Someone is out there attracted to you exactly the way you are. A confident woman is incredibly attractive, no matter what mold she fits in. Men are also very visual people. 
So there is no question men will check out a woman's clothes, the way she walks, her makeup, her feet, her hands, her dainties. Her dainties? I dropped the microphone. because What is it? A dain- dainties. One one moment, please. Dainty. Dainties definition. Something good to eat? Oh, so maybe it means like t- her tits and ass? Okay. Hey, interesting. Um, I like, I mean, great answer. Great answer. Me and Steve, we come together on this. All right. This is one that might get a little dicey. How do men feel about plastic surgery, weaves, colored contacts, fake nails, etc.? For the average man, whatever you're doing to make yourself look beautiful while you're hanging on his arm is cool by him. Boob jobs, tummy tucks, breast reductions, nose jobs. If it makes you feel beautiful, we're good. But if you're telling your man you want a nose job and he sees nothing wrong with your nose, with the nose you already have, then maybe you ought to think about leaving your nose alone. I don't I don't know about that. Uh why run the risk of something going wrong when your man is already happy with you the way you look? Maybe maybe cuz you know, well, it's not 100% about that opinion, but let's go on. Um why lose the extra weight if your man is happy with you the way you are? Sure, it's fine for you to do it if it's something you want to do for yourself, but a man isn't going to care about it one way or another if he's already happy with what you have. Yeah, th- I mean that's not e- that's not even an answer really, but I do agree with it cuz yeah, there is no real answer to that question. How does a man feel about plastic surgery? Some some men don't care, some men really like it. I know guys. This is uh anecdotal. I know guys who love like extreme plastic surgery on a woman. When I when I say extreme plastic surgery, I mean like full everything. Top to bottom. A lot. There, there's a lot of that in Los Angeles, right? No judgment if that's what you're into. But there's a lot of like heavy plastic surgeries, lip fillers, uh, you know, f- face fillers, all that sort of stuff. There, there's dudes who are like super, super into that. And uh, you know what? Hey, that's floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. And you know what? That that particular that one particularly, it's like you're happy, she's happy, and the doctor's office is ecstatic. Truly, it's like you're keeping people in business with that face. Hell yes. That's commerce, right? That's commerce right there. <laughs> right? Um how do men feel about dating women who are significantly younger than them? A lot of men in their 40s and 50s start trying to validate themselves by going out with women who are significantly younger. It's the equivalent of those same age men going out and buying an itty-bitty sports car with big engines that makes lots of noise. They do it because their quote-unquote engine doesn't make a lot of noise anymore. That's such a funny answer, and I that's <laughs> a great answer. I was just in, like I said, Oklahoma, and in Oklahoma, uh, I learned from the comic that went up before me that she had a joke that the age of cons- about the age of consent in Oklahoma being sixteen. I don't, I don't even exactly know what that means, but God, is that 
troubling. Because, cause, you know, when I was, here's the thing. When I was like 18 or 19 and women I knew were dating older guys who were at my age. So like my women I knew who were also 18 were dating like 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds. I went like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, that makes sense. He's got money, he's got a car, like, whatever. And uh, then you get to, like, now I'm 28, and I think about it, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, just using myself as a reference, I was, like, barely even a person at 18. I was just, like, a... I was an amalgamation of various discomforts. You know what I mean? I was just a collection of horrific impulses. God forbid 16. I mean, Jesus Christ. It's why, hey, look, I mean, it, it's, it's like, it's legal. But I think we've sometimes made the issue in this country by saying um, legal equals right or legal equals okay. I think there's a lot of illegal things people can do that are not immoral. And I think there are a lot of very legal things people can do that are very, very immoral. And uh, morals, you know, that's why we have laws and we have morals at the same time. Hope in a perfect world, one can kind of fill in the other. But we, I guess we don't live in a perfect world, huh? Uh, this is especially true if a man doesn't have his life together. together. This isn't a reflection on women at all. It's his problem. But guess what? There's a younger man looking at you right now saying to himself, Wow, I sure wouldn't mind validating myself with her. There's a lot of that going on too, you know? Like I said before, there's somebody for everybody. That uh, very, I mean, th these last few... Uh, these last few answers are great. Truly. Steve, salute. I would love to know his opinion on an older woman dating a younger man, though. Would he say the same thing? Is that, is it the same thing? Sometimes it is. We've gotten very, very comfortable with the older woman dating a much younger man thing. And I understand why. I'm certainly not saying those two things are equivalent. I don't, I don't necessarily feel that way. Um, just because like the, the dynamic of power between men and women is inherently different, I feel. So like when a woman dates a younger man, I still don't think it's good. Right. And I'm talking about legal relationships. I think when, when you go down below the legal age on both ends, exactly as bad, uh, call the cops, put them in jail. Right. But I'm saying, like, 40-year-old woman dating, like, let's say, uh, let's say the, the old trope, 40-year-old woman dating the 19-year-old pool boy, right? Oh, oh, he's cleaning the pool, and there she is. And there's the woman, and there's the man, right? The 19-year-old man, though, very young. We're very chill with that. We're, we're real, we're extremely chill with that. The only time you hear an objection from that is usually from guys who are like really annoying on a lot of other opinions, but I like, like 
there was I was on a podcast actually recently and uh one of the women on the podcast was telling a story about how I think like a like a 35 or 40 year old woman was with a 19 year old and uh, one of the comments underneath was like you lost me when you said 35 year old woman and 19 year old uh because I think that's a gross uh power imbalance and my initial reaction to that was like shut up dude shut up because when I was like 19, I would have I would have done backflips to, you know, get with an older woman. But I look back on that. I look at that knee jerk reaction. I had, and I was like, maybe that's not right, because even though that's true, even though I would have been very willing to do it, I don't think it would necessarily be right for that older woman to engage in that with me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at it from the wrong perspective. But I wonder what Steve would say about that. Um, would you date or marry a woman who smokes? I'm going to guess Steve would say no, which is, but Steve does smoke cigars, but I still think it would be no. I wouldn't, and most non-smokers wouldn't either, so he considers himself a non-smoker. The skin of a woman who smokes ages prematurely and her lips are stained, but Steve isn't, Steve isn't going into the, the reality of the matter, which it does, it is cool i mean i do agree the smell is bad the smell the not the smell i like the smell of the smoke it's the it's the breath man who doggy and that's usually like a woman's breath after one maybe like two little kind of like we're being bad cigarettes sexy it's it tastes like danger it tastes like fear right but the Breath of a habitual smoker. Real I got a I have a buddy who uh as the kids say blasts cigs and he really does. He blasts them. And I'll be in the car with him and he'll turn to me in the wrong way. And I do feel really bad calling someone out like this, but sometimes I do have to go like, dude, you can't you have to you have to chew gum. Um I like. Uh, let's do one more of these. What do men think of women who buy men drinks? It's a total come on in our mind. If you want to buy us a drink, you want us. And if we think you want us, well, then game on. We're coming in for the kill. <laughs> We're coming in for the Steven, you dog. I agree with that, too. Yeah, I feel like if a woman bought me the, a drink, she would probably be pretty interested in me. The, I'm very... I'm. I'm kind of shocked at how good his answers are for these like little little quick little quick answer oh man here's a crazy one <laughs> i don't know what the answer is going to be to this one so this is dodgy territory why do some men hit women this is what steve harvey said to answer that mostly out of weakness and a need to control something in their life but i have found that men who hit women have no tales or stories of hitting men. They're that weak. All right. All right. Okay. You know what? I'm taking that as a Steve Harvey W. Steve Harvey is absolutely racking up an insane amount of W's here, huh? Pretty, cra pretty crazy. I mean, I'm kind of picking these at random because there's, there's so many. I couldn't go through all of them. But these are insanely good answers so far. 
I like. I also like the the part. Also, a lot of guys. There's a lot of MMA fighters who beat their wives. So I don't know if that's necessarily like a one to one. Like I think a lot of guys are just hitters. You know, they'll hit men and women, and the, the, that's something to watch out for, ladies. Right? Don't like what Steve Harvey just said. Is I've noticed that men who hit women don't hit other men. Ladies, if you see a guy hit another man, don't think that's a sign that he won't also hit you. Right? <laughs> it goes like that sometimes. Is it okay to interrupt his day at work to talk? If you're calling to say I have a special surprise for you when you get home, that's a good interruption. But if it's a phone call to talk about your petty problems, not a good interruption. Just because you feel like saying something right now... This minute doesn't mean that you should say it. Great advice for both genders. Holy shit, Steve. You came in at the end swooping in with some really great answers here. And I got to say, salute Steve Harvey. Uh, let's end this with some of Steve's accomplishments. Uh, about the author, Steve became, became, yeah, began doing stand-up in the mid-80s. His success in stand-up comedy led to a WB network show the steve harvey show which ran from 1996 to 2002 it was a huge hit and won multiple naacp image awards in 1997 harvey continued his work in stand-up comedy touring as one of the kings of comedy if you haven't seen the kings of comedy cedric the entertainer dl Hughley, steve harvey and how do i how could i uh possibly forget the man the myth the legend bernie mac if you haven't seen the Kings of Comedy, you have to you have to like watch. It's amazing. It's incredible. It makes you uh it makes you upset that comedy is what it is right now when you watch the Kings of Comedy. Um he's widely known as, as the national syndicated host of the Steve Harvey Morning Show, which has over 7 million listeners. I mean, the man is incredible in terms of his accomplishments. I didn't agree with all of the chapters here, but, you know, the the man is successful. You have to say that. And I do like his questions at the end. So, we have reached the end. I'm glad all of this made it on the regular episode so we won't have to switch to Patreon. But please go to Patreon because part of our next uh, series will be on Patreon, which is The Secret. We're going to do The Secret next. So, strap in, buckle up. And uh, we're going to keep making the podcast better, and we're going to keep doing it for you folks. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you all. Have a good one.